and we're live. What's going on, everybody? So this is our Thursday night live stream, and uh, it's kind of cool because we have a special guest all the way from New York City. Ooh, yeah, the big city. He has a cool accent, and he also uh, knows a lot of stuff. And I think it's gonna be fun to have him. He is called on YouTube Aaron Short. Let's try that and see if that works any better. You sound like a space robot. It seems to. Yeah. Okay. The only the only thing I worry about with that is hopefully the mouth and the sound lines up properly. Okay. All right. I wonder I, what happened to your mic. I don't know. That's weird. What'd you get for changing it? I know, because I literally was messing around with stuff today, trying to figure out various other options for audio. and. Anyway, thanks for being here and telling us. Yes, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> so just kept going. Basically, I apologize for the quality of the audio now, because we're actually just using the laptop's microphone which i don't normally like to do but it's better than c3po or robot noise so let me start again i don't know how much we missed so basically uh we have aaron short coming on which is pretty cool um from aaron short music uh, again he's very tall he's probably here in the comments or he will be in a few minutes um we have a couple of questions that we need to answer that people sent in from patreon and from uh, YouTube, uh, YouTube members. So we always give them priority. And then once we get our conversation going, uh, 
with Aaron. We have an interesting subject tonight about buying guitars and how buying guitars has changed. Uh, we'll get into how that all came about. Uh, we met each other in Nashville at NAMM, so very, very cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, one thing before we go, I'm just going to do a little bit of housekeeping sort of ad kind of thing. This video is not sponsored. However, everybody for the last two years since I quit making cables has been asking me, what cables should I buy? Are you going to start making cables again, etc.? The answer is no, I am not going to make cables anymore. But when I was in Nashville for NAMM, I was introduced to the coolest dude that makes cables in the world. They're called Runway Audio. Uh, they come in some colors and some lengths and some stuff. Um, my cables were 21 picofarads per foot, and I thought that was the best. Mm -hmm. These are 20 picofarads per foot, and the construction is amazing. And... <laughs> That's so loud. Oh, we have a super chat. It's gonna probably going to be really loud now that the oh, microphone is right here, too. Um, so we'll finish telling you about the cables in a minute. Let's handle the super chat first. This is for all you both do for all of us. Thanks, Thomas. I appreciate that very much. Thanks for the Thanks, super Thomas. chat. Awesome. And you get a crazy noise when you get a super chat. That's how. Yeah. And we put Even you on the crazier screen. crazier when I can't make my finger work fast enough. Right? Um, anyway, these cables are amazing. Uh, they are, have, I think they're a lifetime warranty. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Um, they come in different, they, he does custom pedal board wiring. Like you can buy a pedal board, have it sent there. They'll wire your pedal board up. They make patch cables, all that kind of stuff. There's a link in the description of this video. You can go down there and use that link. And if you put Dylan talks tone in the referral code, you get 10% off everything. So very cool. The dude's awesome. The cables are awesome. I've basically switched. I don't even use my own anymore. I've switched totally to these and they are really, really good. Um, and I'm hoping when we're in Nashville next week that we will be able to uh, shoot some stuff at his studio there in Nashville. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, I see Aaron has joined us, so what we're going to do... See, we have friends of Aaron joining oh, us, Oh, sweet. Too. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so we do have a couple of questions that came in from Patreon. I wanted to handle these and from YouTube uh, join folks, the little join thing down there. Uh, I wanted to handle these before we started our discussion with Aaron, because the last time I had a guest, we kind of missed some of them, and I didn't want to do that anymore. So... Um, this is a question that came in on Patreon or on over YouTube. Are there any body colors that a mint pick card doesn't go well with? I think the answer is no. I think pick mint is probably the most. That's my opinion. Versatile. That's a funny question. I think that was just like a. I have a, a pick card. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows that. What color should my pick card be? Is like. Super popular question. Super popular question in every, yeah, forum and everywhere. Yeah, kind of funny. Um, second one, though, how do you tell what type of Strat trim arm do you need, USA, import, or pop-in? That is a very difficult question to answer, and the only way to answer it is to measure it and to figure it out because Mexico ones are different from Squire ones. Squire ones are different from American ones, um, and 
not all pop-in ones are the same either. Like a hip shot pop-in is different from like a Clusen pop-in. So you really have to know, you have to do some research and get that right because it's not, it used to be kind of a generic thing, but it's not anymore. There are so many different manufacturers. And the problem is, is that even the major manufacturers like Fender, um, may not always get their parts from the same place especially if it's like a particular squire line so like a classic vibe squire line versus the affinity squire line they might come from different factories in different countries which means that they will source different parts so it's not always the easiest thing to figure out which one you need i know that's a terrible answer because it's not the answer to your question but I don't think people realize how big of a deal it is that they switch parts vendors all the time. So it's something that you should know. Yeah. Um, and then Ivan, I, this came in at the last minute. Ivan asked me about magnet length for P-based bobbins. Um, I use 0.630 on mine. Um, but what I want to know is what p-base bobbin are you building are you building the 51 p-base that looks like the big strat single coil or are you building like the normal split humbucker style for like a precision base you know what i mean so so get in the comments and and let leslie know and we will figure that out um yeah cool let's um i'll tell you what let's get Let's it's not it. stubby beer. It's nitro coffee, by the way. Oh, yeah. She's drinking coffee, and I'm drinking water. Somebody said stubby beer and tone talk, and I was like, mm, mm -mm. definitely cold brew, nitro coffee. She was taking a nap till I like, 10 to till, awake. so, yeah. Or wake up, or mm -hmm. both. We've had a busy couple weeks, and so we're kind of, we're still kind of catching up. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's get Aaron in here. How about that? Can you hear can me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. How are uh -oh. you, sir? Uh -oh. We have echo. Uh-uh. I didn't uh -oh. think of that. Think of that. Because you're not wearing, not wearing headphones out there, are you? I am not wearing headphones. We should probably fix that. Yeah. Um, hang on. Where are they? Yeah, I didn't think of that. Technical difficulties. I know the wonders of live had, streaming. We came on sounding like robots tonight, Aaron. <laughs> it looks great. I like the background, like the background and, everything, and everything, but we're getting the echo. We're getting the echo. Yep. I might have to reroute my audio too. Give me one second. Just give me one second here, speaker. All right. How's that, Aaron? Testing, testing, one, two, three. That's yeah, that perfect. sounds great. Awesome. Okay, good. The only downside, maybe you can put your headphones. Are you just going to go sit over there? Okay. <clears throat> so we're just going to change up our setup here real quick. Uh, how's it going, man? I watched your stream earlier. Thank you. I thought that was a good segue into what we'll talk about tonight, about the YouTube reviews. Because yeah. that was basically a live YouTube review, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> and yes. about the worst product you could possibly review, which is headphones on a live stream. 
but I think yeah. that will some some of that will lead into our conversation later. Be cool. But it was so great to meet you guys in Nashville. What did you think mm -hmm. of the? How was your trip there? What did you think of the Nam show? Um, well, obviously the Nam show was a lot worse, less than it's been in the past. I don't know how many of you have been to, but it was the worst one I've ever been to. Understandably, hmm. the cool part though was to be able to actually have proper conversations with people and like not be screaming your head off. I don't think I got sick afterwards. I still had a voice. You know, you could have a proper conversation with people. It was it was pretty awesome uh, for that. And I did get a lot of things done as far as, you know, accomplishing meetings and various things like that. But uh, it was not normal. It yeah. It was not normal. Yeah, I saw a few people say it was it was bad and it's the end of Nam and things like that. I thought that was not really fair because I it's impressive to me that they did it at all. And like you said, it was I think it was more of a social occasion, wasn't it? It was more like a get together, hang out. I, I hear there was lots of parties and things. I think it was more of a social get together than a trade show. To be fair, no, I agree, and I actually kind of liked that that environment, mm. um, which is kind of an interesting kind of what we're talking about tonight and so for those of you that are watching um aaron and i had had corresponded before about various stuff and of course follow each other on youtube and all that but i <clears throat> uh, got to meet him in person we actually ran into each other at groons i guess right we groons, ran into yeah. each other at groons guitars yeah and um got to talking and actually we went over to guitar center too because you were shopping for a guitar and we got to chatting about how the guitar business has changed and how how you shop has changed. And I really feel like since uh, the COVID started and everything, I feel like what has inevitably been happening to the guitar industry got accelerated because of COVID as far as how people predominantly buy instruments and how because they're trying to do everything online, you know, and not do anything in person. And also, I really think that is a direct effect on why a lot of in, uh, manufacturers didn't even go to NAM because I feel like uh, maybe some of them didn't need to because they were selling a lot of guitars online. Well, also, there was basically like one new product release, right? So it's not like anyone had anything new to announce. Like Martin Guitar had nothing new to announce. They were purely there to be a part of the event. So I feel right. like it would have been maybe a waste of money for some companies to go, to be, to be fair. And I think companies like Martin went because Chris Martin is still the, the is he the president of NAM? He's now stepping down from that. So they, they went to sort of show support for that. And then I think some vendors went because I think it was slightly discounted as well because of the situation. Yes, so, I believe so. I think it was more about that. I just don't, it wasn't the event where you're going to see a Helix 2 and a Kemper 2 and all this kind of stuff, right? It wasn't, it right. wasn't, it was never going to be that. Um, yep. Yeah, to be fair. So you were shopping for a guitar. Mm. Uh, did you, you didn't find it, right? Well, this is what happened. And this is, maybe we can talk about this. Okay. I went to the, I went to the Martin booth because uh, I'm a big Martin fan. We do a show about it on Mondays about Martin guitars. So I was around there a lot. And they had one of those authentic guitars, which is basically built to the 1937 spec. Okay, as close as it possibly can be. And aged as well. Now, in the past, I've said I don't like those because they've got the kind of chunky neck on them. And they've got the relicking. I'm not sure what people think about relicking acoustic guitars. I'm 
it's not really my thing even on electric guitars but i just thought it looked cool because i i'd love a vintage martin but they start at like 32 grand for the the, <laughs> the golden era right and i just pulled it down and i just strummed an open chord and i just went i love this i love this guitar now that's the thing you cannot do right now buying online and even though we do these live streams and live demos and everything, you're hearing that guitar through a mic, through the computer, through the, the inner monitors, whatever. You're not actually playing it in the room. And I'm the same with amps lately as well. I love playing my amp in the room. And that was such a great experience. And even in that big hall, I connected with this instrument. That's something that you can't really do. Even though like Sweetwater has pictures and the weight and everything, you can't see if you connect with that instrument. And I thought, man, I miss this. I miss actually connecting with something and then wanting just to buy it on the spot. But of course, I couldn't because it was the NAMM show and they were going to a dealer. So I'm not sure who the dealer was. So that's why I met you. I was in Groon. I was in Groon actually looking at vintage Martins and other guitars too. But I just, and I tried some great guitars there. Same thing there. I played a few that I loved and I almost would have bought apart from the, maybe the color, whatever. I also played some guitars that I didn't really, you know, didn't really do much for me. So I think, I think it makes sense that everyone's buying online, and if places have a good return policy, that's fine. But there's nothing like actually going to a store, talking to the owner. Like I was talking to George in there, and finding the guitar, connecting with it, and buying that instrument. But we don't all have the luxury of doing that, do we? We were in Nashville. Nashville is the home of the guitar store, so we don't have that luxury. But it just reminded me about that. You know, I saw people in, in person and I also played instruments in person. It's a different experience, the whole online thing. It's funny you say that because I bought that Gibson and yeah. for the same reason. I went in there. There was an experience. There was a good in-person experience. It got me in the mood to buy a guitar. So I went back and I bought a guitar. Like, yeah. I... I've been eyeballing those things online for years and I've been trying to buy a vintage one and you know, that, that yeah. SG thing I got and, but everything came together. And I think it's because of the in-person buying experience that I had. I was just like, Oh wow. Now I'm in the mood to buy a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you just don't get when you're sitting here typing on the, computer no. or reading youtube videos no. you know, and, and you don't know what you're going to get online do you? you you never you never really know what's going to show up and what if you can't return it yeah mm -hmm. i mean there's no. there's two there's two sides to this i like buying brand new stuff online i don't like i don't like kind of guitar center guitars where they've been played by a million people necessarily you don't know if they've right. been humidified correctly but the gibson i mean the gibson garage is a different level everyone's got to go there what a great place oh man yeah. I wanted to buy some. I wanted to buy a three three five Gibson, another Gibson acoustic, and make a custom Les Paul while I was there, because I, I was just blown away. And they were so friendly and so down to earth. I mean, I don't know if they're working for commission or whatever, but they were just so. It just, it just, you want to be a part of the whole Gibson thing, and that they're killing that. I wonder, I wonder if the other brands like Martin are going to try to do, do more of that kind of thing. It's so funny because. I I made a couple of videos about this experience and I got so much hate in the comments because of people saying what they're going to say about Gibson. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to tell you this is different now. And I actually, because of what I do, you know, like on the pickup side and stuff and some other things I had going, I got to meet a couple other people. I got to meet the guy that 
um, runs the custom shop and runs that whole uh, made to order deal that you're talking about. Mm. And also I got to meet um, somebody that works in product development for pickups. Mm. And they both told me on different days in completely different locations and conversations, they both said the same thing. And they said, JC Curley walks around every day, talks to every employee, has a conversation with them. How's it going? And when he has an idea, he runs it by the lowest guy on the totem pole all the way to the highest guy on the totem pole and really takes that input. Like he's trying Mm -hmm. to really improve things. And somebody told me, one of the guys told me, I won't tell you which one, but he was said, the only time Henry ever came to my office was twice in 15 years. And it was both times to fire somebody like the entire thing had changed. And what JC Curley told me was they wanted that place to be a model for how the, all the other dealers should represent because they want to bring that experience to all their dealers and encourage more in-person buying makes total sense. The main reason I like Martin guitars is the history. That that completely sucks me in. There's there's so many Yamahas I play that are amazing. Yamaha guitars. Some of those Yamahas are absolutely out of this world for the money. They're incredible. Some of them are better than high end instruments. But I don't feel a connection with the brand like I do with Martin. With Martin, the factory's nearby us here because we're in New York. They're they're in Nazareth, and that history of 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 Johnny Cash and Paul McCartney and and going back to 1833, that just draws me in. That makes me want to like that brand. But Gibson, I mean, I'm not saying I don't like the people at Martin. I've got a lot of friends there, but people at Gibson, that experience. And, and to be fair, actually, I should add this. Martin do a factory tour, which is similar, similar kind of vibe. In a way, it's better because you're actually touring the factory. But right. the actual Gibson garage is just like the ultimate guitar store, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think I think all the brands should do that. And the way they're so available and accessible is just really it and let's face it it just makes you want to buy a gibson and that's exactly what you did it just makes sense i'm learning that as i'm doing this to there's a couple things uh there's two things one is i'm learning that i enjoy that kind of experience and a connection with a company same thing with mcpherson for me you know i play that mcpherson carbon fiber guitar and it's because watching all the videos, learning about the company, learning about the history of how the products were developed. It's just like 23 people or something in a small building in the middle of Wisconsin. It's like a, there's a story there that I really like that. I feel like I'm supporting, you know, cool people. And then on the flip side of that, I sell products, you know, I make pickups for a living. Like that's my real job. So I try and I'm learning how important it is every day to create that experience for everybody else. I mean, that's why we do this stuff. That's why we do all these videos. That's why we um, talk about how we make the stuff so much because I want to create that kind of experience for my customers too. I just hope it continues to spread like that. I love that. I'm just adjusting my mic because I said I'm louder than you are. One, two, three, one, two, three. You sound fine. I, yeah. I think it's probably because I'm using this computer microphone. Oh, uh, okay. No problem. Yeah. I'm also, I'm, I'm eating the mic as well. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I didn't realize that. So you're, so you're selling pickups. So you're creating a brand through the YouTube channel mm-hmm. and then people want to play your pickups because they know you. That totally makes sense. That's why. Right? And yeah. And that's why I do the live stream every Thursday because I feel like we're building relationships here. I, it's mm. not just about making a YouTube video. It's about, 
you know, all these people, Thomas and well, some of these people came from your channel. Um, there's a Brett is here, Mike, uh, Benjamin's guitars, Thomas Lee. Um, there's a bunch of folks, uh, Thomas Tourville, like these, some of these folks are, uh, multiple time customers of mine, people mm -hmm. that have been following the channel for a long time. And then it gets to the point where you're like, well, we, you know, we live in a motorhome and we drive around the country. So now I'm like, now I want to stop and meet these people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you really want to make a connection. I mm -hmm. love that. I love yeah. You're, that. you're kind you're kind of doing what Gibson is doing or they're doing what you're doing in a, in a, in a way, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they copied you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that, but yeah, no, that's exactly. So what do you buy online still? I know you buy gear online. So what do you buy online still? Mm, everything. I haven't, I haven't bought anything from a store since before the, the lockdown, the pandemic. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I mean, with some stuff, it's fine, isn't it? With strings and things like that. It's, it's really amps and instruments. I mean, amps are the one. Amps are a pain in the butt. But if you've got to, if you've got to sell an amp on reverb, that's just that's not fun, right? And then guitars are the same. Like I was thinking today, like uh, I was looking at strats, and I, I, I was comparing my strats here today, and I was thinking like, well, the necks are so the necks feel so different, the frets feel so different, and then you know, aside from the action out of the box, which can be adjusted and tweaked, like the shape of the neck, how do you how do you know that from looking on Sweetwater? What that neck is going to feel like in the hand? That's so important to me. It's everything. Yes, agreed. Right? Yeah, agreed. How do they put that across in a video? It's just impossible. Right. One of the things we try to do in our videos is explain all those technical, like when you have this size fret, this is how it's going to make it feel. But you still can't do. You have to go experience mm. it. You have mm. to go try it. Um, yeah, you can't learn that stuff online. Especially, remember, so, if people are watching, they're new to that instrument. Like, I, I'm, very, I'm very familiar with Martins and Strats, right? So you could right. say to me, well, this Strat has a kind of a, a deep C, and I'd be like, well, I, can't, I, I, I think I know what that is because I've, I've played that one. But if we yep. start talking about um, Les Pauls or Jacksons or something, I, I, would, I would have no point of reference. So that's, that's why it's so hard to, to communicate that. One cool thing about the custom shop they had at the Gibson garage is they had every neck shape in the drawer so you could feel every neck. So you can't yep. do that online. Yep. And what Dylan told me is he actually shows people the neck shapes, but then he said even that's not good enough. He takes people out to the guitar that has that neck shape mm. and says, here, actually play it with strings on it. Yep. Um, you know, the neck shape thing's funny. I'm... I'm a C or slim C guy most of the time because I'm a Fender, mostly a Fender guy. This is my first Gibson. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect example of what you're saying because on paper, I want jumbo or medium jumbo frets, period. I'm a big fret guy. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, this Les Paul Jr. being a student guitar has little baby frets on it. So I thought I would hate it, but I love it. So... Yes, I think I want something because it's what I heard online or it's what I watched in a YouTube video. But then I go and I play it in person and I'm like, oh, I actually kind of like this. And on paper, I shouldn't like it. Again, got to do it in person. Like, like that Martin. Everything on paper, not what I would look for. I just love that guitar and I wanted that guitar. And then Tommy mm -hmm. Emmanuel played it and I really wanted it. Because <laughs> then I had an emotional connection. It was at the yeah. NAMM show. More, yeah. uh, my friend Maury was there that I do the Monday show with, uh, Maury, Maury Rich from Maury's Music. And then uh -huh. Tom, Tommy played it. 
and and Martin, I was talking to Martin. I, was, I had this suddenly had this different connection with the guitar. Like that's yeah. a special guitar now. It's not just any guitar. Yeah, it's it's quite yeah. interesting that when you when you think that deep about it. All. Acoustics are terrible about that too. You know, then we went to Guitar Center and you were playing, mm. you were playing that one guitar that was like torrified and a little bit relict and stuff. The same one, yeah. And I saw it from six feet away, and I'm like, by all accounts, spec. I'm a Martin guy too. Before I was a McPherson guy, and I should love that guitar. And you handed it to me, and I played three or four chords on it, and I was like, meh, mm. like. <laughs> it's kind of funny it's it you have to have that connection otherwise it just doesn't work but uh, but I'll, I'll just defend that with some variables though like how old it was in guitar center and I'm, i i buy stuff from guitar center i don't mind guitar center but a lot of hands are touching those guitars mm. they don't i don't think they really humidify properly if they do people leave the door wide open half the time anyway um <laughs> that guitar could have been swelled with humidity with dead strings for all we know yeah. and that that so that can make a big difference too where Again, yeah. somewhere like Gibson, those those guys and girls that work there that play guitar too could be like checking those guitars out, checking the strings are okay, restringing them, stuff like that. So that's really important as well. Yeah, yeah. Create an ex that, that whole create an experience thing. Yeah. And it's it's funny because my last two acoustic guitars I bought through the mail, and mm. I got lucky. Well, the carbon fiber one, if you buy a McPherson, it's gonna be perfect. They are like just above and beyond with their, their quality control. And of course it's carbon fiber, so it doesn't matter because it's not going to move. Um, my breed love previous to that, I was very, very worried about it. And it came straight from breed love and I got it and it was amazing. And it's still to this day, I will probably buy that guitar back at some point. It is that good, but that was lucky. That doesn't always happen. And rarely actually does it happen with an acoustic for sure well i actually heard i overheard some a company talking about this they said when they ship things they have to allow for vari variables in the tops because even when they ship them from the factory out to distribution the top can move so mm -hmm. they're they're always thinking ahead like like people keep saying to me oh martins are so hard to play compared to other guitars i always say they used to be now they're using the plec machine they're actually setting them much lower from the factory but I think most brands set the action higher because it's easier to lower the action than to raise it, right? So right. That's, that's kind of a common thing. I think a lot of those manufacturers are thinking like that. They're shipping them a little bit high because they're going to change in shipment. They're going to change in the person's house. And then they can adjust it from there. I think that I think you made a video about this, right, with your Gibson. Mm -hmm. The adjustment yes. really is part of the process, unfortunately. Right. I yes. wish it wasn't because when a guitar shows up and it doesn't feel quite right, I wonder how many people send those guitars back. Like, oh, it doesn't feel right. I'm just going to send it back. Where, where a slight setup would have made a huge difference. Yeah, I agree. And that's something that I think, I've been talking about it a lot lately, that setup on the shop side or the end user side, to me, that's part of the purchase experience. Whether I pay for a setup afterwards or I have the shop do it for me i that is to me an expected expense um mm. to get a setup like a guitar comes in a static setup but that doesn't mean that that guitar is going to play well for me right because it may play well for you mm. um but i'm going to set it up different than you are 
it's an individual thing and that has to be to me that i factor that in and i think a lot of people chalk it up to poor quality control but what it really is is that final step of that setup for the end user has not been done yet that's the way i see it totally but then then the problem is finding someone either either learning to do it yourself which is the ideal situation or finding someone you trust to do it because yeah. even though I'm in New York City, it took me a long time to find someone. The, the guy I go to now is fantastic, and he knows what I like. I always say it's a bit like finding a hairdresser. <laughs> you know, like, okay, what do you want me to do? Uh, I don't know. Just make it look good, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the same with a guitar. Okay, I'm gonna set up your guitar. Set, how do you like it? Uh, just make it easy to play with no buzz. You know. <laughs> How impossible yes. is that to do? Like this, actually, I think this this is the this is the the gold right here. Like I think the guitar is fifty percent and the setup is fifty percent. Like getting my strat to stay in tune with the bar and everything. If it stays in tune and feels great and doesn't fret out and doesn't buzz, that's like an amazing guitar to me. But yes. that's 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 not easy to do, right? And that's a moving target, and it's all for personal preference. So, do you think that people should learn to do this themselves or should find someone? they really trust and if they find someone they really trust how do they do that how do you find someone that does this stuff really well so we spend a lot of time on our channel teaching people to do their own setups we have i mean we have patreon stuff about it we have videos on the channel about it like that has kind of been my thing for a long time because i think everybody should learn to do it themselves or at least at least understand um, it's like a race car driver. A good race car driver isn't going to just pull into the pits and say, the car sucks. They're going to be able to say <laughs> specific adjustments that they think need to be made. So what yeah. we try to do is we tell, we show people and teach people about all the aspects of it. So even if they don't feel comfortable doing their own setup, at mm. least when they go to their setup guy, they mm. can say, you know, I, the third fret is doing this and then it's doing this down here and they can literally really explain to their setup guy even if they don't do it themselves yeah. i want i want to help people understand that because yeah it's tough to just be like i don't know make it good <laughs> exactly you know? no no you're, no you're right that I, I feel like i feel like a lot of luthiers don't do that it's like it's like a, almost like magicians don't want to reveal their secrets kind of thing um, it's, in a way, it kind of makes sense, but I, I did one where I showed how to adjust the truss rod on the Martin because for me, that's really you know when the when the guitar arrives, a little truss rod adjustment can make make and break everything, make it perfect. And then a lot of people in the comments were saying to me, "Oh, you shouldn't tell people to do that. They should take it to a luthier or whatever." I think I think these guitars should ship with a good truss rod tool, not not the cheap ones, like, like a good one like the the um, is it Cruise Tools? They're at the show mm -hmm. with the big mm -hmm. handle on it. You should, yep. they should, they should either give you one or give you a link straight away to where to get one because you're going to have to be adjusting that thing. And I think every, that should be just basic stuff. I think like the truss yeah. rod on, on, on strats and, and acoustics, I think that's really, yeah. really important stuff and no, no one does it. And they've made it kind of scary for people, haven't they? Well, you can yes. do it, but be I've, careful, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've gotten kicked out of just about every guitar maintenance luthier builder group on facebook mm. and i've gotten nasty messages for years you can't tell people that blah blah, blah. you're gonna dip into our you know 
if if you teach people this stuff then you're gonna cut into my business and i'm like no 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 the more you teach the end user the consumer the guitar player the more they're going to want to play guitar because the more comfortable they're going to be they're going to buy more guitars they're going to bring more guitars to you and my experience has been especially like with the pickup stuff because Mm. i mean i'll show you how to wind a pickup right now Mm. i mean we can i'll show you everything Mm. and everybody's like well why are you show because you're not going to buy a pickup winder and once you see how difficult mm-hmm. it is you're not going to want to do it yourself and the cost that is involved in buying all the right tools but when you have a firm grasp of what it is and how it works you're going to be a better guitar player just knowing even if you don't do it yourself i yeah. so i'm all about it teach everybody everything <laughs> you're right yeah. and at the end of the day only people mm-hmm. like Thomas, Lee, James, um, you know, everyone, everyone in the chat, we're, we're going to want to look into that and learn to do that. But most people that are playing probably won't want to, you know, it's not like, not, not everyone's going to suddenly right. become a luthier overnight and start building their own guitars, are they? <laughs> exactly. It's just like people need to know the basics and not be afraid of stuff. Yeah, like yes. I said earlier, I just wonder how many guitars get sent back because it doesn't feel right when they play. You know, oh, the action's too high and ship it back. I wonder how often that happens where a simple tweak of the trust rod could have fixed everything if there yeah. is any if my comments over the last two weeks uh on all these gibson sg videos are any indication uh i think it happens a lot because what i see people you know because of course people have this whole thing about gibson quality sucks or whatever mm. but when i read the details of what their complaints were i'm like that's just a setup you could have just had the guitar set up and it would have been fine I but I don't I don't get mad about that because again I think it's an understanding as a consumer. You know? Yeah. Um when you buy a brand new car, you shouldn't have to do a tune up on it when you first get it. Well, guitars aren't quite like that. Mm. You know? Mm. If you bought uh if you bought an Ariel Adam or if you bought a McLaren P1, then you would go to this place and they would like put you in there and they would fit you to it and they would move the seat where it's supposed to be and they would do all kinds of custom things just for you. It's more like that. That's what a guitar should be. It's custom for you. Um, But I don't think, I think a lot of people are expecting in Amazon land, they click a button, two days later it shows up, it's a brand new thing, it should be perfect. But guitars aren't quite like that. And to, and to cycle back again, if you went to the local store, played the guitars, chose the one you connected and bonded with, and it felt slightly too high, you could say to the store, I'll take this one. It feels slightly too high. Can you lower the action slightly? They would lower it. You would check it. You'd walk out the store. That's mm-hmm. just a downside. downside. I mean, I love, you know, I love Sweetwater. I love buying online, whatever. But that is a thing about buying online. You know, um, Maury, who I do the show with on Mondays, he's a Martin dealer. And he, he will offer us custom setup when he sends the guitar out. But yep. I, I always think about that. You've, you've still got to know about what the setup, you've still got to understand what to say to him. Like, right. can you make it like this, right? I guess some people might say, can you make it play like an electric guitar? Can you make a really low action or a really high action? But mm-hmm. you've, it's very hard to, to communicate these things online, isn't it? And then once it shifts to you, it may change again. 
So I think the key thing here is to either learn to do it yourself by watching your videos or find someone you trust, which is quite hard to do. I've had some, some, some damage done to instruments from people in the past. Absolutely awful. I can't believe it. So, really? um, yeah, I, I went to a place in, I won't say where it was, obviously, but I went to a place in Manhattan that charged me a fortune to install a, a pickup into a ukulele. And they left like a ring around the, it was a brand new instrument, quite an expensive one. They left a ring around the jack where they, where they used a tool to put it in. And they just denied it. And I couldn't believe it. I was so, I was so mad. You know? So I never went there again. I found my guy I go to now. I really trust him. He's a, he's a one-man operation. He does a great job and he's very honest and, and, and does excellent work. And he knows what I like now as well. Even then, he'll do a set up for me. I'll get home and I have to go back to him again because it wasn't, it's still not quite right. So I guess ultimately doing it yourself is the ideal situation, but it's a yep. skill that you've got to learn. And it's, it is, you know, it's, it's taken me several years just to get comfortable lowering saddles, adjusting truss rods. I wouldn't feel comfortable right now adjusting electronics or anything like that. But uh, I think, yeah, over the, you should start to learn this stuff gradually, definitely. Yeah. At least to be able to explain it to somebody else, mm. you know, symptoms, yeah. you know, just like when you go to the doctor, if you can't explain symptoms, it's tough. Like be able yeah. to explain symptoms, problems, that sort of thing. And when you understand kind of how all the geometry of the guitar works, uh, I like a lot of times people think that, yeah, that you can just lower the action on an acoustic and make it play like an electric. Well, the problem is, is that you start to lose some attack when you, when your saddle gets super low and that breakover angle changes, the guitar's simply not as good. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't sound as good, you know? So there's all these various little things to just learn over time. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's why I like doing these videos. That's why we do what we do because mm -hmm. I hope more people just play when they know this stuff. You know, mm. it's kind of cool. It's just interesting that as online as everything is trying to be, there are certain industries like this where buying in person is still the thing with certain yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, take, take these in monitors that I bought. The ones that they demoed at the show had the tips on like, like the, the rubber tip. So you just yep. you were listening to that. The ones I actually got now don't have the rubber tip. They have the custom molded tip, which I just assumed would be infinitely better. But I'm not digging it as much yet because I have. I think I'm not putting them in right. These are my old ones right now. But it's it's kind of almost it's kind of the same experience in a way, even though it's in person. I didn't try the actual thing. I tried a thing that will be the thing, and that's a bit right. like buying online. You're not you're seeing the actual thing, but yep. there's nothing like having that guitar in your hands, is there? There's nothing like it. I guess exactly. hey, I guess I guess find a place with a good return policy is 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 very important. It is that is true. Yeah, I'm gonna give these comments a scan and just see if there's any questions in here. I did see Ivan's comment about the split P not, uh, P base pickup. Six three O's should work for that. Uh, over on Patreon, I'll give you some measurements that you can use because you asked that question over on Patreon. Um. Perfect. Let's just see if there's any other. If you have, if anybody does have any questions about, you know, guitar setup kind of stuff, um, people are asking about tools. Uh, you do you use Cruise Tools? They're my Cruise favorite. Cruise Tools. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, my I favorite. I love too. those. Yeah. Yep. I you think there's a. Go what ahead. Was, what was crazy with that? Sorry. What was crazy with that? 
I this this kind of sums it up for me. I had the little, you know, the, the kind of cheap, basic metal um, truss rod tool you get. I had yes. that for my Martin guitar. I, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell this story because I'll help someone. I I tried to adjust the truss rod and I I couldn't do it. It was like it wasn't moving. I thought it was broken. I thought I was doing it wrong. I felt really pretty stupid. And then I got the the um, the cruise tools one with the big blue handle on it, and I put it in and it just turned. And I've never had a problem since. That stuff is the good tools is really really it sounds so obvious but these yes. are things that people might not think about that i would compare it to ikea furniture so you get that they give you that little tiny tool that shreds your hands to pieces if you've just gone out and bought the big professional tool it would have just flown by that's yep. really important and as the tool wears there is a potential for you to ruin mm. whatever hardware in your guitar so that is compounds the problem so you mm. really have to be careful with that um yeah cruise cruise tools are, are the jam i'm yeah. seeing a lot of people have a lot of different experiences um with buying online versus not buying online some people have had very good experiences buying over and over what's interesting too is it depends on the brand so uh, somebody mentioned that they've bought a lot of Harley Benton guitars online and then they've had good experiences with them. Um, I also, I think one of the things too is that different um, manufacturers of guitars know that their target audience um they hit their they do a good job of hitting their target audience and designing the guitars for their target audience and so there are less problems with them um so harley benton squires you could probably buy an affinity squire or a classic vibe squire off of amazon or anywhere and get it and it'll probably be be pretty good and especially for that price point but then as the price point of the guitar goes up a lot of times the um, the expectations of the, the customer changes also with the price point and so then it then it becomes more of a variable mm -hmm. so um, beginner guitar players a lot of time and that level of equipment is um, it's a lot more even in its quality control because the expectation of the player is a lot more even if that makes sense where mm. with, with a gibson uh because of image and all kinds of other things expectation of the player is more all over the place and so i think that's why you hear more quality control problems um buying online because the expectations aren't as consistent can i, can I, throw, can I throw something in there along those lines yes what please about, what about expectation as the buyer that is that a problem like you're surfing online you're looking at the websites at late at night as you do and you find an instrument and you think oh i need that i haven't got that guitar i need that configuration that's the one that's a great deal and you buy it and then there's so much you know you wait in seven days to get it and there's so much expectation for this thing that adds to that maybe disappointment when you play it whereas in a store maybe you grab something you wouldn't have grabbed and you just love it you think that's the thing? I think that's happened to me in the past. You know, you you're probably onto something there too. I I uh, I have to agree, and I think if when you buy online, 
there's a lot of more spec buying. Mm. So like you read about something in an article or you see a YouTube video and you're like, I have to have that because I like what I heard. I like what I saw. And of course that player plays a certain way and then you get it and you don't play like that guy. I don't care about how good you are. I just mean, I just mean you play different. We all play different. So I buy an Eddie Van Halen tribute guitar and I don't sound anything like Eddie Van Halen and I'm disappointed where, like you say, in a store, you walk by and your first impression of that guitar is you playing it. If that makes sense, like you pull it off the wall and either you connect with it or you don't instead of hearing someone else's connection with it first and then having an expectation of that while you're waiting the seven days to get it. But this is just the way the world is. This is like Amazon now. It feels like yesterday we didn't have Amazon, right? And you right? We walk, we walk into us. I remember in England, there was like, if, if anyone's wondering, I live in New York now, but I used to live in, I came from England, obviously. And I, um, or maybe not, obviously. But I remember just like <laughs> going to stores and looking at stuff. And we they had these catalog stores too. You look through the catalog, and they bring it on this conveyor belt, which is almost like Amazon before it went online. And really, yeah, it's called Argos. So you like you find you go through this catalog, you find the thing you want, you take a slip of paper, you write the code, you'd hand it to them and pay for it. It would come out on the conveyor belt, and you'd go home. Oh wow! <laughs> it's like it was like Amazon before Amazon before the internet. But that was a bad example. But you know, we used to walk up the high street, and you'd window shop, and you'd see stuff. So this is just this is just modern life, right? Especially with a pandemic. But the Gibson thing is the most interesting to me because not only is it a guitar store, it's a very well done guitar store. I'm not saying there's not other good guitar stores out there because there are. I mean, look at Groon, right? That's yeah. an amazing experience in there. But I wonder if the other brands will do this as well. Like, do you think there'll be a PRS experience in New York City? Do you think there'll be a a Taylor Taylor tryout in in uh, in Nashville? I think they should. Yeah, I do too. I think everybody should. Yeah. I think there should be a showroom where you can go for all those big brands. Um, I think Fender should do it. Yeah. yeah. Not only be, not only for the end user, but for their dealer network. Um, I asked him about that. I was like, are there dealers that are mad because you're yeah. doing this? And he said, he said, yeah. But... What he told me, this is what he said. He said, when before we did this, we asked around and we said around the company and we said, is there any guitar store in the world that you can think of that is presenting Gibson as a brand the way we think it should be presented? And the answer was no. And he said, well, then let's do it. Like, let's show how we want it. You know, and especially they're they're trying to they're trying to like reinvent themselves while maintaining their legacy, and so doing this was their way to show that mm. to the world. And I think it works, I really do. And I hope Fender does the same thing. I hope Martin does the same. Well, does Martin have a showroom up there? I've never been to. That you see, place. I've actually I've said this to them. They what they have is you're at the factory which is incredible. They, again, that history just like goes into mm -hmm. you and you walk in and the, the lady at the front desk is so sweet to you. And there's a few guitars hanging up, like the lower end models. 
and then mm -hmm. you go you go through the factory tour which is out of this world and the museum is out of this world it's a bit like the you know the thing at um, the backstage thing at gibson but what they don't do is they don't sell you a they don't have a room with every guitar i've told them in the past that is a mistake like i believe at the martin factory there should be a big room with every current model there's a but there's a small room with 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 several models like 20 or something but they haven't got every single model like they do at say the nam show every current model i think that i mean that people would people would go there just to sit and try all the guitars wouldn't they where you can't do that other places i think they should all these companies should have public places where they teach you about the, the brand and also have one of everything i know that might be a big ask but i mean gibson they're kind of doing it they had everything in there didn't they, mm -hmm. they and did. the amps as well they had everything so I, I i yeah i really think at least that like at least that the company should at least have a room at the fa at their factories where you can play everything and see different necks and really get your hands on the stuff yeah yeah because people are going to do what me and you are doing and everybody else, like all my friend, YouTube friends and everybody, 60 cycle hum and all, all the guys that I know on YouTube, you, we've all made videos since we've left that place saying how awesome it is. And mm. all of my friends that, I mean, I've got three or four friends that are like, I'm driving there. I want to go see this place for myself. So it's working. It's doing mm. what it's supposed to do for sure yeah. you know so no i think it's did think you hear that start cool. the record label i did well? i just heard that this week yeah. yeah and they i don't know if they re-signed kirk hammett but that happened today and then um slash and miles kennedy their new record is coming out on their record label mm. well um, they're distributed by like emi or someone right, they, right. They've, they've got they're, yeah. they're just like a a front for the back end of it but yes it's still, still it's just cool it's just that it's just that rock and i hate to say it maybe it makes me sound old but like the rock and roll right it's like records and parties and guitars and amps and <laughs> yeah maybe yeah uh, no that fun. place did feel very rock and roll and everybody yeah. in there too like they all loved what they were doing but it it's didn't feel pretentious it felt no. friendly and cool it did i was worried I knew it'd be great, but I was worried it would be like, hey, we're Gibson. What are you doing here? You know, we're, we're, we're the best guy. It wasn't like that. It was just like mm -hmm. confident, but classy and friendly. It was, they, they got mm -hmm. that balance just right. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. Really no, hard. I think it's cool. And I, it, I think that I hope that other people do it. And I actually, I hope I'm a little bit, hmm. Well, I run an online business, right? And I've run an online business for a long time. And pro since before YouTube, I mean, since 2005, I've done e-commerce. And um, I am of the opinion that if you are a local brick and mortar place, your job is to figure out how to function in 2021. The internet is not putting you out of business you are not keeping up with the way the world is. And I think Gibson is trying to figure that out. And I think they're going to be okay. And I hope that other guitar dealers, not just Gibson people, but every local guitar store starts to look at this and say, you know, we need a YouTube channel and an Instagram. We need, uh, we need a good split between online sales and 
in-store sales and a good in-store experience. And, you know, when I walk into a guitar store, um, I'll tell you in two seconds whether I think that place is going to be there in five years. Like, it's so easy to tell. And I hope that more local guitar stores figure it out. Um, I hope they do. Yeah. Some some guitar stores are just a bit a bit crappy, aren't they? Not they're not friendly. They're not. There's, they've got that arrogance about them, especially some that mm-hmm. I've been to. Yes. Um, or they're too busy, or they're in the wrong place, and there's there's too many people in there, and you can't hear. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of factors there. I feel like more so, it's an inaccessibility. Um, one of the things I one of my biggest complaints about the guitar business in general, and this comes from being in it and working in it and also being a player since I was six years old, is I feel like it's there's too much focus on what level of a guitar player you are. Mm. So how long have you been playing and what do you have now? should not be questions that a guitar salesman should ask Um, because I think that it shouldn't matter. Like, I've been playing all my life. If I want to buy a Squire, I'm going to buy a Squire or I'm going to buy a McPherson, both ends Mm. of the spectrum. And this whole thing about, like, a beginner guitar player, you know, those stupid memes about, like, um, you know, he spent $3,500 for a guitar and he doesn't really know how to play or whatever. I think that's all bull crap because... I mean, it does happen. It Especially does. In, in New York, it happens regularly. <laughs> and I think that's totally okay because aspirations are a real thing. And aspirations are what rock stars are made of. Mm-hmm. Like, you should be able to dream. I had a white Lamborghini Countach on my wall when I was a kid, even though I don't have one now. I may someday, but I don't right now. Like, I can still dream about that. Um, And so I think a little kid going in and being interested in um, something he can't have right now, but still being able to dream about it, instead of the guitar store being like, here comes a young person, here's the toy guitars. Like... And I feel like that mm. pretentiousness happens. I feel like there's too much of a class system almost based on how you, you know, do you dress like a rock star? Do you, you know, whatever. But I don't know. I don't like any of that. I, I think I, any, anybody should be able to dream whatever they want. I, I wasn't thinking of that. I was thinking like in New York City, a lot of people go to Manhattan and buy Ten thousand guitars because they work in the city. They just they have the money simply for that reason. Mm-hmm. Here's another question for you then. So okay. prices prices have gone up, right? I heard yes. a lot of people talking at NAM about shipping is a nightmare. They've they've doubled the tripled quadrupled the prices on yep. shipping, parts, and then so many guitars got sold, didn't they? Last year especially. Yes. Fender had their best year ever. All prices of all prices go up anyway, but prices have gone up even more. Yes. So, so who, what do you think about that? I mean, I wonder if it's going to stop and like new players, are they going to be able to afford those high end guitars? And, and, and also the lower price guitars are really impressive now as well, aren't they? So, yes. 
um, I was talking to the guys at uh, Reverend, and they were saying that their shipping costs are going up so exponentially that the prices of the guitars are going to have to change. Like, it's just gonna, it's a reality. Um, but this goes back again, in my opinion, to the this whole cast system of guitarists. Every, there are very few bad guitars. I don't mm. care about price point. Um, this new Affinity series by Fender, the Squires, that have just come out at $249, that is going to be a good guitar. And I think one of the things that I'm trying to focus on on this channel, you and I talked about how we handle reviews a little mm. bit when we were in NAM mm. or in, in Nashville. But what I'm really trying to do is trying to show people um, that there's no such thing as a bad guitar. We just need to understand who each guitar is marketed for and hope that that guitar gets put into the right customer's hands and those right expectations are met and everything is fine. Um, so that beginner guitar players can be confident that for $249 they can buy this new series of Squire Tellies and Strats and they can learn on that guitar and that can be a stepping stone to their next one or whatever but it is a guitar that they can actually afford because a lot of people are told so well I see it all the time like no don't buy that that's a piece of junk what you really need is this well if that guitar player can't afford that then all of a sudden he's discouraged and doesn't play at all when in reality, that $249 guitar is probably great for him and an excellent jumping off point into the hobby. So I think we as guitar players can do a lot uh, in how we encourage others to play and what gear they pick, um, which is another thing we try to do on the channel because put a reality to it, you know. I think low end stuff is great. I mean, what 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 oh, is yeah. what is what is low end now? And you know, you, you change the strings and set it up like we were talking about. Yeah, and that's probably better than an expensive guitar that's not set up properly. So, I've when got you no were problem a, with that. When you were a kid, was a two hundred. I mean, when I was a kid, a two hundred dollar guitar wasn't even. You couldn't play it. It was terrible. Oh yeah, quality has definitely yeah, massively, and also due to the way they produce things now, and things are more consistent. And every, the quality of everything has come up, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yes. And, and you know, sometimes you pay a lot of money for, I mean, the, the relics, I call it relicking, they call it aging. Those Martins that we saw, the yes. authentics, the, 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 one without, the one with the relicking or aging is $1,000 more. Sometimes you pay for stuff you don't even need, or sometimes you pay for a downgrade. And that's, that's a bit extreme statement, but you know what I'm trying to say. You know, the vintage pickups might be low output and buzzy, where the ones in the the budget guitar might be kind of better in a way. So, mm -hmm. so some of the, let's face it, once you get to a certain level, I'm going to say around a thousand bucks, you're paying for brand, for specs, for features, and things like that. So, check this out. So, I screenshotted this just so I could share it. Uh, I did a survey knowing that you and I were going to talk about this this week. So I'm glad this came up. Hmm. I did a survey on my channel and I said, what is the most that you are willing to pay for a guitar? And I didn't mean that you could afford right now. I just mean, what is your mental block hmm. uh, that you are willing to pay for a guitar? 
So check this out. This is this this is eleven hundred participants in this. Oh wow! And look at that. Let me see that. So twenty eight percent. Yeah, that's the, that's what I said. One thousand to fifteen hundred. That's the sweet spot, I think. Uh huh. But what I found interesting is that is a fairly shallow curve. I thought hmm. that the five hundred or less was going to be tons of them. I thought that the cheaper guitars are going to be really, really high and that the most expensive guitars are going to be really, really low. And except for that 1000 to 1500 range, they are all, it's pretty hmm. even. That is interesting because the 500 or less, I asked some people at my venue, the venue I used to play at, I was going to do some online lessons and I wanted to recommend a guitar. And I said to people there, what would you pay for a guitar as a learner? And they said, oh, 100 bucks, 200. They, they, these are not guitarists. These are total beginners. So a total mm -hmm. beginner that knows nothing about guitars is going to say 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks. Now, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I, I might be wrong, but I'm going to assume that you, you haven't got total beginners watching your channel. I'm assuming most people are kind of um, somewhere in the middle. So that makes sense to me that they want to spend 500 to 1500. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I'm not, Interesting, I'm, I'm, right? I don't, I, don't, I don't want to come across wrong, but. You, you haven't got like brand new players watching your channel. You've got people that have been playing for a little bit, I assume. I'm just guessing. And I think that is the sweet. And I think people that have been playing for a while know that 500 to 1500 bucks is the price you pay for a really great instrument. And once you go over that, it's because you want to. Like that, mm -hmm. that again, bring it back to that Martin that we saw. That's yep. like eight grand. And yes. only, only someone like me, I call myself a sound hole sniffer, because only someone like that that would want to sniff that sound hole. Let me just plug the T-shirt. Uh, oh, that's right. Sniff that sound hole. Say, oh, well, this is age with uh, this thing, and this is this 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 wood. And uh, Monday we were discussing yeah. Addy Addy versus Sitka, and real like you know, geeky. Yeah. Let's, let's face it, it's pretty geeky. It's it's like your guitar. Stuff. You're a you're a guitar nerd. Yeah, exactly. So that's the kind of person that even looks at those higher end instruments, and they usually know that they're putting money into yes. a name or a brand or specs. Right. That, that, that $1,500 price gets you an amazing instrument, really. Yes. If we're being honest about it. Yeah. I just thought that survey and experiment was interesting I, because it was, was a great. lot flatter than I thought. I thought. I thought it would be really peaky in the cheaper end. Um, and, you know, because obviously you and I are both – you would be willing to spend more than 2500 on the on the right guitar and i would as well but i'm also not one to discount any of the lower price stuff either like i'll buy anything it doesn't matter i'll just i'll play whatever um but if i'm going to buy something for me that i'm going to keep for a long time i find value in certain weird things like you say um mm. you know it's not just a and it's usually not a brand thing as, as, as much as it is, is for me an experience. Like I bought that Gibson because that guitar, that particular guitar and, and the single pickup junior have just always been kind of a Holy grail guitar for me. Like it's just been a thing since I was, um, since I was young that those, mm. those have been on the list. You know, I have a list and, and that guitar was on it. Um, my acoustic guitar I bought because I wanted a McPherson and the other McPherson's are $13,000. So this was the closest one that I could afford. And we live in a motorhome, So it made sense because it was carbon fiber, you know? So mm. 
But at those price points, you do. You kind of have a reason, right? It's not just a guitar at that point. It's You have a reason at that mm. point. Yeah, I, I always wanted a Sonic Blue Strat. That's why I got this one. Mm -hmm. from Sweet I saw Water. that. Yeah, I love that guitar. I want to ask you a question. Because okay. I, I think you think about this a lot, right? I love Strat, so I love the single coil pickups. Mm -hmm. So in this guitar is at the Custom Shop 69s, which sound really chimey, really vintage. Mm -hmm. They're great. But they were noisy as heck in every position when I got it. I had that Illich system installed. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And it mm -hmm. really did a great job. Like, it's, it's not completely silent, but it's really, like, knocked that hum and buzz right down. Mm -hmm. and, and I've been looking at other strats lately because I've, I've been through this whole thing lately of, like, oh, should I sell my three strats and just get one, like, you know, I say amazing one. That's, of course, all subjective anyway, and maybe that's right. not going to happen. Same with acoustics. Should I sell all my acoustics and just get one? But what is amazing? I don't think that, that even, I don't think the perfect guitar even exists. That's tough, yeah. But it made me think with this one, I don't even want to look at other strats because they're, gonna, they're not going to have that Illich system in it. And, so um, you, you really like that thing? I, I don't. In a way, I don't. And I'll, just to finish the story, my other strat is completely silent in the middle positions because of the hum cancelling, mm -hmm. but quite noisy in the other three, the, you know, the, the one, three, five. Mm -hmm. This thing has a bit of noise on each one, but... You know, greatly, not, nothing noticeable, greatly reduced. So it just made me think, like, should I look at noises pickups? I've tried them in the past, not really enjoyed them. And then does that, does that now mean I'm not going to look at any other strat because they're all going to have noise? Has that kind of spoiled it for me? What, what, what are your thoughts on single coils? I mean, do some people think that that's like a good thing? Like it should be there. See, I'm okay. I'm a P90 guy, so noisy pickups to me don't bother me at all. Mm. Um, and I like Strats. Like, that's... A Strat and a Tele are probably my... A Strat and a Tele and a P90 guitar. Those are, like, my favorites before any humbucker guitar ever. Mm. Um, and what you'll find... The reason is uh, your guitar is that way is because those 69 pickups that you have probably are not noise can They probably aren't reverse wound reverse polarity They're in not, the middle not, not. and so believe it or not um this is something i've been kind of doing some research on a lot lately like some a lot of the older designs and a lot of the custom shop designs and a lot of the i've been doing a lot of research on that lately the majority of them are not reverse wound reverse polarity most of them are mm. straight 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 wow. uh, stevie ray vaughn uh Gary Moore, Jimmy Vaughn, all of those pickups, they're all straight. They're not reverse wound, reverse polarity. And nobody really... Well, Stevie Ray put a noise-canceling coil in his guitar. Oh, he did? That's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. yeah, it was just a half of a P-Bass bobbin. Mm. Um, but other than that, because his guitar was really noisy. Really, really noisy. Mm. Um, but most guitars are just gonna be that way and i think it depends on the environment mm. like you play a lot with headphones or in-ears with an ox box right so you're gonna hear yeah. everything you know what i mean that's um, a good point because maybe if you're playing in a band and there's all that ambient noise around you it doesn't yeah. really matter 
But when you're yeah. playing in an apartment and listening to every little, you know, there's amps right next to you, listen to every yeah. little detail, yeah. you hear absolutely everything. Yeah, that's that is probably a lot of it to be to be to be honest as well. Yeah, no, I get that. I have but, to tell myself that because I'm the same way. I I, I have a Marshall amp that I record DI out mm. because I live in a motorhome. I can't go full volume either, and so um it's the same thing i and and i'm always like why is this so noisy and i'm like no wait a minute if i turn this up a little bit and play like i'm supposed to play i don't even think about it but yeah when you're isolated like that it's it's tough i'm just i'm just wondering like uh like has that spoiled strats for me in the future like if i find one i love and it doesn't have that in there because because the in-between positions are, are quieter than that and it also makes me wonder if that's a good purchase because that is just a dummy coil, essentially, right? That's like yes. a five hundred dollar upgrade to a guitar. That's yeah. that's that's something. You, have you done a video on that on your channel? No. In fact, I I've been messing around with dummy coils lately, and um, I haven't done a video on it yet. And I actually just had a, I sold a Tele to one of my customers, um, and he put that system in it. And he had actually had me want because we all of our like our tele pickups are wound reverse wound reverse polarity, mm. and so I put a set of straight wound stuff in it so he could use that, and he sent me some recordings and that was the first experience I'd ever had with one of those and they're really cool. It's really good, and it, it doesn't good. it works, and it, does it work. doesn't do much to the tone like no. it doesn't it flattens it a little bit but not. Not as much as I thought it was going to. I don't. I don't think it does because I had a noise. I had the Fender noises pickups for a while, and they they had a, a lot of high end missing, and yes. then the, the old generation anyway. And then I got this thing in there, and I made a video about it before and after. And I'm yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sensitive to this stuff, and I, I couldn't I couldn't hear any difference. I just wonder if it's worth it because let me get your opinion if it's worth it for for viewers. Five hundred dollars to get yourself an almost silent guitar, okay. And here's the thing, with most strats now, the in-between positions are silent anyway, more silent than that. So you've got two of the five there actually better without the system, or we, we, we don't need it. And then if you've got a humbucker, you're fine in the, in, the, in the bridge position. If you don't, you've got some noise on the first one, the middle one, and the, and the, and the humbucker, uh, the bridge position. So for just to have those three positions not have that hum and buzz, 500 bucks, I don't... I don't think it's worth it. What do you think? I know a few. I know a few people in studio situations that are really, really concerned about home. Yeah. And I also know a few people that play in, um, like worship situations. Mm -hmm. um, so there are there are some folks that play uh, in environments where they don't have control over how noisy it is. Um, the client that I just had that we did this for. Uh, and he put that system in it. He played in a church that was so mm. noisy all the time that it was just compounded by playing a single coil guitar. And so he kind of like had to have it. I think that set of people that really need that is pretty small. And I think the mm. majority of folks won't know the won't. It won't be cost effective for the majority of folks unless you're in a special special situation where it's real bad. Mm. That would yeah. be my, you know, or very critical to noise. I got a yeah. buddy in Nashville that he plays, he does a lot of studio stuff. And he, 
I built him a cigar box guitar one time with P90s in it, and he had me line the entire thing with copper and ground mm. it all because he like wanted it super super quiet. Mm. I mean that, you know, there are some people that really really want that, but but should I have tried folks, that? Should I have tried that first though before I spent the money on the system? I probably should. Shielding, right? shielding your pickguard does a lot. It does on a strat because the pickguard's so big. It does a lot. Yeah. Um, you don't need to go crazy going in all the cavities and doing all. But if you shield the pickguard and ground it, that that really helps a lot. Why but don't companies do, do that? Um, just expense. Some of the higher end fenders are shielded. Like, yeah, the custom shops yeah. would be shielded. I'd imagine they'd be shielded, right? I'm pretty yeah because they have like a it's actually a steel thin steel thing that goes underneath it uh like the custom shop Jazzmaster for example comes with it some mm. custom shop strats do so yeah you have to pay for it but uh, what I tell people to do and I think there's a link in the description of all of our videos to um some copper foil tape that you get on Amazon and it's actually mm. for keeping slugs out of your garden <laughs> <laughs> but the glue uh, is conductive so you just have to put it on the back of your pickguard cut mm. it out with an exacto knife and just make sure it's grounded and mm. and you're good you don't have to solder anything you don't have to do anything and it works awesome and it's cheap you know the stuff from stumac is very expensive mm. but this stuff's like i don't know 12 bucks for a roll that'll last you forever so that's yeah. what i what i recommend to people that's um, worth trying it's like it's like yeah. the, it's like the springs I've been putting foam in the springs to stop, you know, to stop the sympathetic vibrations. I, someone, someone said on one of my videos the other day, why don't they put like a piece of foam on the back of the gar of the plate, and then when you mm -hmm. put it in, it will stop that. Happen I don't know. I, I, I assume companies like Fender say, well, we want to be true to vintage spec, and then some brands don't want to don't want to spend the extra money. And then, like you said earlier, this is the kind of stuff we need to learn to do ourselves because if you take that to someone in Manhattan, they're going to charge you. 200 bucks to do that anyway and that's, what an I easy, would, that's an easy fix what i would say is experiment with that so i have always been a guy that doesn't put any stuff in my springs and i actually don't put the um i don't put the cover on the back of the guitar either i always leave the cover off yeah i like that i just like how it looks so yeah. when we were building custom guitars i wouldn't even drill the holes like i just like it without mm. it however I was having a conversation with somebody who really knows lots and lots and lots about how Fender guitars were designed. And, um, and I, I really respect his knowledge base. And he told me, he said, no, put the cover back on because when you're playing it, your clothes will mute those strings and it will change how that strat sounds. He's mm -hmm. like those springs when they move back. Cause he said like on a telly, everything's hard, but on a, on a tremolo guitar, the springs now become, they're not directly in the tonal area. Like the tonal area is from the saddles to the nut. Right. Mm. But because everything is interactive and those springs are allowing that pivot, He's like, then all of that becomes part of the vibration area of the guitar. And so muting that will change how responsive the guitar is in certain situations. Will everybody notice it? Maybe not. But 
certain people will like mm. so whether you mute those strings or not so he's like put the cover on it so that you don't like when it's up against your body you're not affecting how the guitar sounds and he's like that's why when you change the tone block from pop metal to brass mm. the guitar sustain and stuff legitimately changes because that. because that's goes all the way around that corner down that block through those strings back to the body that's kind of all vibrating when you're playing a strat mm. um which i hadn't thought of in that way either and i was like that's a pretty critical point like you'd have to really listen for that and like i said maybe not everybody will hear it but it is a thing for some people i, th I think i didn't i hear it was originally done for like a dust cover wasn't that the original intention, just to keep dirt out of that compartment? I don't know. I think that's what I heard, but I, what you're saying makes sense. I, I often take it off, like John Mayer's signatures have it off, and I find mm -hmm. it easier to restring. Sometimes those holes don't line up, so yes. it's easier just to have it off all the time. But I don't I like agree. when the holes are in there. Like on, on the John Mayer signature, they don't put the holes. That's cool. I like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't before he went to PRS. But the PRS doesn't have them on there either. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so either. Yeah. yeah. No, it's interesting stuff. Dude, we have gone an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, I We usually go about this long. That's um, fine. No, that's good. Dude, it's good. I'm glad we got to meet Nam, and I'm glad we got to connect. And um, Yeah. You know, we should do one of these on my channel as well, and just talk. I mean, we could talk yeah. forever about this stuff, right? Just like general yeah. guitar maintenance and opinions on buying and selling and the industry and stuff like that would be good yeah absolutely could do you use Streamyard or something too i use i'm using it now i use this thing ecamm live because i use a mac oh okay yeah we, we like we like that but me and so maury's here he was maury's music was here he, he does a street the streams as well he's someone that did that did that too he was selling online had a had a store where you could book an appointment to check out guitars as soon as lockdown happened, we kind of did it together. Like I started doing stuff online. He started doing stuff. We both started using the same software. We, you know, we started chatting because we saw we were both using the same software in the same group together. And then he, he's like doing like, he'll, he'll do a thing where if you want to check out an HD 28 and he's got it in stock, he'll do a live stream with that guitar for you. And then you can say to him, oh, play, um, play, play the Beatles on that guitar. Let me hear how I would sound. And then show me, you know, take some close-up pictures, hold it up to the camera, put a capo on the eighth fret. That we were talking about that earlier, right? That's 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 really that's really cool stuff. Still not like playing the actual guitar, and that's why you have a, a you know return policy, or whatever. But that's what you were talking about earlier with the with the stores moving more online. That's a great making example. an effort, like just really oh, yeah. making an effort to do. That. That's awesome. Well, he does. He goes live almost every day from his store. That's and great. I've not seen many stores doing that. You know, a lot of stores have started channels because everyone else is they're trying to be like Andertons and Sweetwater. They're all doing it. But not many stores are actually doing it. I love that idea of you pick the guitar and I'll go live with it on a live stream, either either public or private. And then you can ask me questions about that guitar and I'll play things on that guitar. That's really bridging that gap between um, you know, actually being able to play the thing yourself, right? That's, that's, you know that's what? really cool. You just gave me an idea. So... I'm next week going to put a new P90 in my Gibson mm. and I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a live stream where we hook up everything and have, you know, audio 
properly from the DI out of the amp and all that through the pedal board and everything, because I can do all that too, and have that all set up and then go live because everybody wants to know about my P90s because those those are the only pickups that I brag about. Like they're 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 really 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 good. So they're your, they're your pickups, right? Yes, they're mine. Yeah, okay. yeah, my P90s. Yep. So I'll put one in that and then do a live stream, and yeah, when somebody says, "Well, can you play it clean? What are the lower strings sound like? What are the higher strings sound like? Can you put a little? I've got a Klon clone here. I've got a DNM drive. A couple of different types of drives. A couple of different, mm. you know, yep. some compression. Like, and so people can understand how does it hit the amp does it break up early you know all those things that you want to know about a pickup and try to create that experience that's a great idea and i should do that really with does it have basic... any buzz can you yeah the buzz in each position? yeah like like how how loud is it yeah exactly yeah. maybe i should do that with every you know that's a great when I idea can. it is great idea. i mean i'm stealing it i'm stealing but... it from maury's music thank you so much for the idea Everyone should do it. I wonder if they will. Like, you know, I want to hear that. It's actually a serious question. Say I'm interested in a Strat. All pickups have different amounts of hum and buzz, right? Well, I guess it depends on yeah. the room you're in, to be fair. But True. at least you could get you could get some sort of idea. Like, I've, mm -hmm. I've received guitars in the past where, like I said, where every position had noise, and I was expecting the, the in-betweens to be silent, and they weren't. And I hadn't right. read the spec, and I got it, and then I was, like, freaking out because I had all this noise. So, yeah, it's, that stuff is useful. You know? Yeah. No, that's great. That's a great idea. I'm gonna do that. I'll probably do that in the next couple of weeks once we get once we get that pickup in that guitar. And, Just tell uh, me about. It. I've never had a P90 guitar, so P90s are like single coil humbuckers, right? Well, what they they're actually pre humbucker. They're what Gibson put in basically every guitar until Seth Lever invented the pre, the humbucker. Mm. So what they are is they are a single. So you know how a humbucker, the bobbin, is about a quarter inch tall? Mm. So how the humbucker happened is the P90 is actually 10,000 winds of 42-gauge wire on one bobbin, one big bobbin, mm. that is a quarter of an inch tall. Mm. And it's got a row of screws in the middle, and it's got two humbucker magnets on the bottom, not one, two. So it's got a lot of magnet. It's actually hotter than any PAF humbucker. They're really hot pickups. So when they said, we need to make a humbucker pickup, Seth Lever said, well, what we need to do is we need to take the windings, we need to split them, wire them out of phase with each other, and put a magnet underneath. Mm -hmm. So they said, okay, well, we'll put 5,000 winds on this one and 5,000 winds on this one. Since the P90 was 10,000, we'll just split it in half onto two bobbins. Boom, you have a PAF. That's basically what happened. Mm. So a P90 is, is there's a lot more juice there because there's a lot more magnet um, mm. and a lot more coil in one place, a lot more inductance. It's a good, it's my favorite. But what I like about it is, especially in this junior, and people argue with me about it all the time, is I like a single pickup guitar because it teaches you the interaction. Like if you put, so I've got this, origin 20 marshall so it's a 20 watt amp with el84s in it and it's real easy to set it at the edge of breakup and then have you know your dnm drive on the just the boost side and get that thing breaking up real nice with both volume and tone on 10 but then be able to understand the interaction of how the pickup hits the amp and be able to like 
roll the volume off a little bit, it cleans up a little bit. And then turn your tone knob down and like make it sound more like a neck pickup. Like there's so much you can do with a single pickup guitar at one volume and one tone with a low wattage amp that it teaches you all those dynamics and how the guitar works all together. Instead of just being a guy who plays with everything on 10 all the time and a whole pedal board full of stuff and not really understanding all those interactions. So that's, mm. that's what draws me to this guitar because it's, I don't know, it's just a really expressive and you learn a lot with it. Next time we meet, I'll have to try your pickups for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. I was just thinking of something quickly. Um, I changed them. I had I have a telly with two humbuckers in it, and I replaced the stock ones with Regal humbuckers from Lola. Oh, those and, things are so good! Another expensive upgrade. <laughs> I like to do, <laughs> and um, and they were really noisy. So are they like P? Are they like P90s or are they actual true humbuckers? Because they were really noisy. I remember my 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 tech here shielded that guitar, and it made one silent, and one still has a bit of noise. But they were really noisy, and, and they're, they're, they're labeled as humbuckers. So why would why would that happen they, if it's a humbucker? They are humbuckers. Uh, they're real hot. And I don't know if they're wax potted or not. Um, those are really amazing pickups. But, yeah, they yeah, are noisy. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know it's why weird, that right? is. So, so not all yeah. humbuckers are silent. So all pickups are kind of different. It depends on how they're wound, yeah, because... Mm. You know, if, if one has more wire on it than the other, because a lot of people will play with, like, putting, you know, there's the whole legend of the original PAF where, you know, one bobbin had, like, four or 500 wines on it more than the other one, and that's all legend, but, because um, it was all an accident, really. But, um, you know, so, so it could be a little noisier if there's a differentiation between coils where it's not the same, and... Because that does something to the tone, too. It also gives it a better mid, mid-range mid poke, which those Regals have. So, you know, there's a lot of different goofing around that you can do, but it will affect that kind of stuff, yeah. I never AB'd them. That's that's one guitar sentimental value that I never sold because my mother got it for me from America when I was living in England. And I just always felt... I, I actually don't like the neck on that guitar. It's quite, it's quite chunky. But I used it for a long time, and I, I just thought the pickups were saying a bit woofy and a bit uninspiring. So mm -hmm. I said, I said to someone, "What can I do?" And they said, "Get some lollas. <laughs> they're, so, they're so expensive, but they're awesome." They and then are he good. he put them in, and it just I played it on the stream the other week, and everyone was like, "Wow, it sounds great!" And I'm like, "Yeah, like the, the the pickups are so important." But I'm I you know I love single coils, but that whole noise thing is a uh, is I'm I'm I'm, st I'm still trying to decide. Like I said, isn't this gear thing funny? Like I I used to have strats and never thought about this, and then once you hear it. <laughs> You don't. It's like it's like that noise. Of the, uh, people think I'm crazy talking about the spring noise. They think I'm just insane. But once you hear it, then it's a problem. Then you yeah. start sticking foam in all your guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I get it. Um, thanks, Aaron, for being with us. I everybody that watches this, um, please go subscribe to Aaron's channel because um, he has. I didn't say the name of it. People are asking. Oh, it's Aaron Short Music, right? Like on the yeah. screen, just type in yeah. Aaron Short Music on YouTube. Yeah. Aaron Short Music. It is absolutely, I love his channel. And um, just make sure you do that. Make sure you go and watch it um, because you cause you just started this a couple of years ago, right? Like it's not. Well, I, no, I, my, my, my grief is I, I, went, I started buying gear around 2015, 2014. 
and I didn't make videos. I had some really cool stuff. I had the original John Mayer Martin guitar. They made 404. I had one. I made no videos and I sold it. So and I had I had a few guitars. I went through a ton of gear and I then realized I could be making videos out of this. And I then had the ability to because I had a, a, a room to do it in. And that's why I started the channel. I really only went to I really only kicked it off during the lockdown because I'm a I'm a I'm a full time performer. I was playing like three or four gigs a week in Manhattan. Everywhere shut down. So I was like, right, I'll just make videos and I'll start live streaming this. Like, I mean, I love live streaming. I mean, like my live stream tonight was a bit of a disaster because I was I was giving impressions on headphones, which no one can actually hear. But even right. that experience of just hanging out, I don't know how it is to the viewer sometimes with that stuff. Maybe it's boring. I worry. I worry it's boring, but just that it's real, isn't it? Like, yes. Hey, I just got this thing, and I'm going to tell you if I just wasted my money or not. And we didn't even talk about the review thing tonight, but I, I, hey, at least it's real, right? You can see on my face, and you can hear what I'm saying. It's not like a, I've, 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 I've waited three weeks and then thought yeah. of a way to say it. This is just, yeah. This is it. And I like, I like that. It can be a bit dangerous. It, it's a bit like I said with the guitar, like you have these expectations with a, with a live stream. I don't think I've ever unboxed anything on a live stream and liked it. There's something in the back of my mind, like <laughs> there's going to be a problem there, you know, because there's oh, so much pressure on you to like, you know, yeah, you, you want it, what you really want to happen. And maybe this is like the reviews. What you really want to happen is you get something you adore it and you go online and say, this is wonderful. I, uh, this is, this has changed my world. Cause of course that's what we want from everything we buy or review or live stream about. Right. But there's always those things that are not like that. And I think it's good as it's good to put that out there. I'm just trying to help people. Like I said, yeah, I've never done this before and I'm trying to, um, to put that journey down. You told me the whole thing about the acoustics, like going through them and, and maybe, sell them all get one or get a different one you you told me at the guitar center like just jur like, journal that because people are yes. on the same journey as you we're, we're really we're really just making diary you know um diary entries here aren't we of our of our journey mm -hmm. with all this stuff and that's why it's so nice to talk to you about it because you've been on the same journey as me but a slightly different path right. and i can ask you stuff about your pickups and and my experiences with that and you can ask me stuff about my experience with acoustic and and singing mm -hmm. whatever so it's just, an, it's, it's, I've really enjoyed tonight. It's been great. I'd love to have you on my channel and we should definitely do some more of these in the future. You know, oh, like think for of, sure. Think of a theme or even have people vote on a theme and then just discuss that for an hour. It'd be great. That is a great idea. If we mm. have everybody vote on something, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because we didn't Thanks even so cover, we didn't even cover the reviews tonight. So we'll save that no. for next time. <laughs> okay. Awesome. No, that's great. Because I think people need to understand how, uh, well, they won't get a picture for how everybody on YouTube does reviews, but we can definitely, I think it's important that people understand how I do them and how you do them um, as a trust factor, because you, mm -hmm. you want to build that trust that you're not just shilling products for somebody, that you right. do have a method to make sure that it is genuine, you know, mm -hmm. and, it, you know, those things are important. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that when maybe on your channel, we'll talk about that. Yeah, and I will yeah. get on my channel and tell everybody to come over and watch. And yeah, be no, it'd be awesome, man. Okay. Thanks so much. And thanks everybody else for watching. Thanks for the super chats that we got earlier. I appreciate that. Uh, make sure you check out uh, his channel and make sure you check out the other stuff that we've got going. The, I built the, I, I bought the cheapest LED acrylic Stratocaster on eBay. I saw that. That looks awesome. 
Yes, I finished it today, and mm. I actually, when we get done here, I'm going to go outside and take some B-roll in the dark <laughs> and add that to the final edit and upload it so that tomorrow you guys will be able to see the conclusion of the LED acrylic strat project. That video will come out tomorrow afternoon. So thanks for hanging out, everybody. This has been awesome, and I hope you all uh, have a good day. Thank you. We'll see you all later. See you next time. Bye-bye.